so good to be here. I really um, feel like I'm going to get emotional just because my heart really is just full. Um, I just, it's, it's good to just something about coming together this morning. I don't know how many of you felt that way, um, but I just, just feel God's presence and his, his fullness kind of filling me up and filling us up. And I, there's something about like people that are in the, in the battle in the pursuit of Jesus and his kingdom and doing that on our own. And then when we come together, there's an upsurge and an updraft that can happen. And I know, you know, this last week it was good, but it was definitely like my house. It felt like a battle going on. I know some of you, Pensacola, like 50 hours on a bus. That just sounds like a battle to me. Um, I don't know. I'm sure it was a lot of fun Um, also, but, but also it's just like people that are, man, I, Think about Wedaga here. I just want to talk to him. But he was excited about. He also went on a trip um, with some Muslim friends and believe some good conversations. And you know, looking at Emily, probably some probably some battles in the middle of the night over the last couple of weeks with their fighting for sleep. But I look at Annika right there. Man, first time here. So awesome. Such good things happening. Um, good things are happening. I man have the I know. Uh, on the spring break trip, there were some great, there was some great service that happened, but then also four people put their faith in Christ for the first time and nine got baptized in the Gulf of Mexico, including Keandre. So got hit right. Yeah. Come on. It's awesome. So to tell him what's asking what God's doing in his life. Um, and, and also the bus driver who gave her life to Christ last year on the trip, and this year she got dunked in the Gulf of Mexico, got baptized. So, man, so isn't that great? Yeah, revival breaking out. God is on the move. God is on the move. While we're talking about baptisms, we're having one next Sunday also after church. Um, uh, Kaylin is getting baptized. So, yeah, they're in, they're in Colorado right now, but good things are happening. God is changing lives. So it is, it is good to be part of it. Um, so continuing to talk about the impossible life today and they, we're going to look at the principle of the title of today's message is an ancient approach to time. Mm, some disturbance in the force somewhere, an ancient approach to time. We're looking at the principle of Sabbath, the principle of rest and how in the impossible life, there's this concept, this way of the Lord, the part of the way of the Lord involves the rest of the Lord. I was talking a few years ago to a friend of mine who's since passed away, but he was a lawyer in the first part of his, of his career. He was a JAG. He was a, a lawyer in the Navy. And one of his early assignments was to do this research project for the Navy. And basically, they, he assessed people who used their leave use their vacation days versus people who didn't use their vacation days. And he assessed just how did that, who was more productive and how did that affect productivity. And as a result of this study, the Navy made a decree that everyone in the Navy had to use every day of their leave. Not so much just because they cared about people having days off, but because they realized people who didn't use their days off weren't getting as much done. They were less productive. If you looked at what they got done over the course of a year, it was significantly less than the people who used leave. 
And that's because there's just God's made us. There's, we, we need to work and we need to rest. There's this principle of, uh, of the Sabbath that God has woven into creation. But, you know, so often if, if you ask people, if you ask me, if you ask us, hey, how are you doing? What's like the most common answer that, that comes to some people's lips? Busy. busy. Yeah. I mean, that's just like, I'm busy. Our, it's so easy for that to, to be what defines our life, to be what feels like what's going on in our life. And our lives are easily defined by busyness, but our lives are not meant to be defined by busyness. Uh, I read a book several years ago by, by Mark Buchanan. He's a pastor and he wrote a book called Restoring Your Soul, or it's called The Rest of God, Restoring Your Soul by Restoring Sabbath. And in this book, he says, he's talking about busyness. He says, busyness makes Jack a dull boy. It numbs Jack. It parches Jack. It hardens Jack. It kills his heart. When we get too busy, everything becomes either a trudge or a scramble. The doldrums or sheer mayhem. (laughs) So true. Our capacity for both steadfastness and adventure shrivels. Wow, you could just that you could just think about that. That'd be like worth meditating on all day. But that's true. When we get worn down by busyness, we it's either like mayhem and just life is out of control and also just uh, doldrums. We we it sucks the life out of us. And out of that our capacity for for adventure shrivels up, which we're all made for adventure. We're made for life. And but also our capacity for steadfastness, for endurance decreases and both of those are, are essential um so we need that it's but it's interesting that sabbath and like god's kind of rest is is different from what just kind of the world's idea of of leisure or just like trying just like seeking pleasure in just seeking our own pleasure um some of you may be coming off spring break and going you know i had a break but i still kind of feel empty and yuck because sometimes you know it's it's not just like the things that we think we're trying to find energy in or, or just stepping back from, from work. But it's, it's, it's beyond that. It's really a place of encountering God and true rest of our souls that we're after. And um, this is, you know, I, it's often like, okay, am I qualified to talk about this? This is definitely, you know, I definitely am in this battle with us all. All right, I'm all, oftentimes find myself getting sucked into busyness. But also, I've, I've practiced the principle of Sabbath for, for a long time and found like that's what has sustained me. And so the Sabbath is, is a principle. It's, it's both a day and an attitude. And so it's woven into creation um, from the very beginning. But it's, it's a day, but it's more than a day. And really, it's fulfilled in Christ. All right, so when we, we're talking about Sabbath, we're, we're really... It's, we are talking about the day, but we're also talking about connecting with God and entering into his rest and the rest that Jesus won on the cross when he, when he, when he died and said, it is finished. Right? He was saying the work is finished. He completed the work. And so therefore we can enter his rest. It's interesting that in the, the church, the Christians moved the Sabbath day from the seventh day, which was you worked six days and then you rested. But Christians started celebrating Sabbath on the Lord's Day, the day of the resurrection. And there's a change there because in the New Covenant, we start from the place of the, the victory and the rest that Jesus brought as the beginning of our life, the beginning of our week. And then we work out of that place. 
And that's really what God has brought us into. So um, look at a few scriptures here. Uh, Ten Commandments, where this is laid out. Exodus chapter 20. Exodus 20, verse 8. Remember, this is part of the Ten Commandments. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work. Neither you, nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. I think God knew that we were like really creative at trying to get around the Sabbath. And he's like, okay, so you can't do any work, but don't tell your kids to do the work for you. Don't have your slaves do the work for you. All right, don't be like, hey, I'm Sabbathing, but hey, I'm just going to tell you guys to do the work. Don't be like, hey, I'm plowing, so the ox is doing the work. And I'm, I'm just, you know, no, he's like very thorough, like whole culture, like back off, step aside from, from work. Slaves, animals, sons, daughters, everybody. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Now it's wild that God, God who is always working, also rested. And from the beginning of creation, like he created the earth in, seven, in six days, and then he took a day and he rested and laid out this principle. It's woven into our souls and woven into the creation of the Sabbath rest. So the Sabbath is a day, it's an attitude. It's a day different from the other six days of the week. It's a day when we cease from our labor, when we honor God by resting, by worshiping. It's a time for family, for friendships, for playing, for being renewed. Man, it's like good stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Who would not want to be a Christian? This is the kind of life that God lays out for us. Um. It's interesting, though, that like we look at like the Ten Commandments. I've got, I think I've got a slide here with, all, with the Ten Commandments. I think a lot of us, a lot of people have, you look at like the Ten, it's like more like the Nine Commandments. Because people have come to this theology like, well, nine of these are valid for us, but the Sabbath doesn't really apply anymore. We kind of like put that in a different category. Like, yeah, we should have no gods before God and no idols. We shouldn't lie. We shouldn't commit adultery. Yeah, those are all like timeless and eternal. But we kind of have stuff, stuck the Sabbath as like, well, I'm not sure if that really applies to us anymore. But no, it's, it's one of these eternal commandments of God that he's laid out for us just as, just as much as the others is. It's built into the fabric of creation. And Jesus talking about the Sabbath. And he did deal with a lot of like legalism and people that were missing the whole point of it and making it just this like heavy burden on people. But in, in Mark 2, 27, he said to the Pharisees, the religious leaders, he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. So it's made for us. It's not to be this like burden, but it's made for our good. It's like an engine. If you, if you don't ever stop running an engine, it's going to break down. Same for us. We, we need to stop or we're going we're gonna to break down. It's like sleep. It's interesting how God made us to sleep. I'm a guy who, you know, I'm just a little bit sort of tend towards being task-oriented and driven and I like to go. And I, like, remember, like, growing up hearing stories of people that could 
do well on like five hours of sleep or four hours of sleep. Oh, man, that would be great. That would be so great. Just like four hours of sleep and you're ready to go. And like middle of the night, I can get so much done while everybody else is sleeping. That's great. But I'm like the guy that needs a good eight hours of sleep. Like God in his wisdom was like, no, like that's not going to be you. You, you need to sleep. And, and I just kind of like, I need my eight hours. And if I don't have that, you know, I can maybe go one night. But, you know, I consistently need, need that rest um, to, to, to function very well. Um, it's interesting that in the French Revolution, which was, it was after the American Revolution, but the American Revolution was much more principled and there was much more of God's principles woven into it. But the French Revolution was a total humanistic, godless revolution where they got rid of all vestiges of, of God and faith. And they said, hey, you know, this seven day work week, you know, we can do better. Let's make a 10 day work week. Let's break up. It's more like a round number, 10, right? It like, sounds logical. So they broke up days and they broke up the year into 10 day segments. And I think they sort of gave people one day off at the end of the 10 days. And it didn't last very long because society just broke down. Like people could not function. That was not the rhythm that humans were made to live in. We were made like six on, one off. Like that's just how God, how God wired us. Um, all right, so it's a good thing. It renews us, it refreshes us, it frees us from our natural works mentality. And the Sabbath is a great means of us learning to trust in God. So often I, I come to, to my, and I, Sabbath is, you know, typically for believers it's, it's Sunday, um, but I think there is some flexibility in how we work this out in our life. For me, for years, I've really set aside Monday as a Sabbath day, generally. And usually when Monday rolls around for me, there's always like the list of like, oh man, this is really important. I feel like I should do this today. And it is a matter of just sheer obedience and trust to say, you know what, God, I'm just going to like, wait, not do that and trust that you're going to cause everything to work together. It's really a place of trusting God and him and building our trust in him. So the Sabbath, it's, it's a couple things. It's a new mindset about God. It's, it starts with really like recognizing who God is. It's recognizing that God is the one who's powerful. God is the one who our lives are built upon. It's his grace, not our effort, not our works. He's the one who's providential. He's the one who's in control. It's approaching God from a place of, of thankfulness. It's kind of analyzing, like, wait, either God is in control, either he's good and in control, or it depends on me. How am I going to live my life? Like, it depends on me, or that I can trust God, and that he's in control. Um, It's remembering that we're not God. And the thing in us that, that usurps that is our pride. Like, no, I, you know, I can do it, I need, I, I don't know if I can... Really, if I don't do it, it's not going to happen. But it's really, really living as people of faith towards God. Um, as we do this, we're changed and we come to know God more. I want to read a few verses from Psalm 62 that I think really just exemplify this, this mindset towards God that is embodied in the Sabbath rest. Psalm 62, 1 and 2. This is how we want to have a mindset towards God. Truly, my soul finds rest in God. 
My salvation comes from him. Truly, he is my rock. And he is my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. In verse 5, yes, my soul, find rest in God. And these are good verses. And we're like feeling stressed out and driven and striving. No, truly God is the one I'm trusting in. Yes, my soul, find rest in God. My hope comes from him. Truly, he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. My salvation and my honor depend on God. He is my mighty rock, my refuge. Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. He is our Sabbath rest. Trust in him. In verse 11, one thing God has spoken. Two things I have heard. Power belongs to, not me, power belongs to you. God. And with you, Lord, is unfailing love. And that's just, if we could just like really believe that and live that, that's kind of sums up what this whole life of faith is about. Believing that God has power and he is full of love. And if we live in that place, man, we, we get what we need. Power is yours and you with you is unfailing love. And you reward everyone according to what they have done. Not Okay, therefore, i got to like do everything. But what really the, the work of trusting him, of obeying him. Like, God, this is what you called me to do. I'm going to do what you called me to do. There's a reward in that as I trust you. So it's a new mindset about God. And so that's when we're, like, when we're pushing back against the Sabbath. It's like, okay, wait, I need to change my mindset about God. And then the second thing we got to change our mindset about is time. We need a new mindset about time. We tend to view time as the dread, constantly ticking clock. And it's running out, and there's not enough, and I got so much to do, and the day has got this much time, and how am I going to get this stuff done? That is a natural mindset towards time. We are so naturally like, prone towards a scarcity mindset. In a fallen world, in our fallen selves, we tend to view things from a place of scarcity. Think about when, when COVID hit, what was one of the first things that happened? It was a scarcity of toilet paper. <laughs> Not because there was actually any problem in the supply chain, but because of people's mindset and fear. And they go and they start hoarding toilet paper. And that fear of scarcity, actually what did it produce? Actual scarcity. Yeah. That mindset produces actual scarcity. That's, that's what we, we tend to live like that. Uh, we tend to view time this way. In, in the Greek, in the words in the Bible that talk about time, there are two words used for time. And one is the word chronos, or chromos. And chromos is a word for like chronological time. It's where we get chronological. But chromos was not just a word for time, but chromos was one of the gods of time, the god who ruled time. And you see this picture of Chromo, Kronos. Should be an M, actually, I believe. Or no, it should be an N. I've got it wrong in my notes. Kronos is, you know, that's kind of how we feel about it. It's the grim, brutal, demanding, kind of worried God of time. And 
he, you know, and you read the stories of Kronos, he was not a friendly guy. Uh, he ripped people's chest open and it was like this, like, harsh, demanding God. And that's the, like the natural, apart from Jesus, mindset we have towards time. We think it's so, like, we think it's like being responsible. But actually, it's worshiping the wrong God. We're like, oh, no, I'm being a good, faithful citizen. No, I'm under this dude, actually. And God wants us to deliver us from that. Um, in, in, that in the Mark Buchanan's book the rest, about um, the, the rest of God, he talks about how we tend to be driven time hoarders, like the toilet paper hoarders. And he says when we're driven, we're losing the reason. I love this. The reason we embarked on a journey, undertook a project, waged a war, entered a profession, married a girl. Like, none of that fits with this dude. It squeezes out the, like, the essence of life and what our hearts are really made, how we're made to live. It gets lost in, in striving. And we may have like noble intentions in that, that we start out with, but it so easily gets diverted into coming under the, the God of, of Kronos. But thankfully, that's not the only, the true picture of time. There's another Greek word for time called kairos. And kairos is a different understanding of time. <laughs> kairos is the idea of time that's pregnant, pregnant with purpose. Do you see these phrases in the, in the Bible like in the fullness of time? There's time, and sometimes you can feel like that. Like you can feel like time slows down. There are days when, you know, I know the days when I like really get a good start and spend time with God and prayer. And the Bible is funny, like prayer. Like I usually feel like, oh, I don't have time to pray. And then when I get 10 minutes of just truly focused prayer, it feels like it was an hour. It was like time sort of stood still. It was like, wow, okay, the day's done. Like, I, man, they was, I don't know what else, that, what today was meant to happen, I think it just happened. Like, that, man, God is in this, there's this time that is pregnant with purpose. When Jesus appeared on the scene, this was how he announced the kingdom of God. In Mark 1, 15, he said, the time has come, or the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God has come near. We can't believe the good news. So through Jesus, Kairos, like the Kairos time of God has entered the world. Time is, the kingdom is here, the pregnant with purpose time of God it is here. If we can see time that way and enter into it. it sounds so good. I just, I, you know, I, I act like I'm in it all the time. That's obviously not true. But man, it's, 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 it's so the way we're meant to live. It's worth like getting to that mindset to, to have that mindset towards time. Uh, you know, we find that when we're truly purposeful, when we're from this, this mindset, that we're, we manage time less. It's interesting how Jesus, like he had, a, he had plans, and I'm not saying that you shouldn't like start your day and have plans and look at your week and have plans, but Jesus was interruptible. And he, he could recognize when someone came to him, he was like, oh, this is the Kairos thing. This is what God is doing right now. And he was willing to let go of his, what he was doing and enter into that. 
it's, that's, that's how God calls us to be. And, and the, the Sabbath, the, the day and the lifestyle helps us enter into this place. Um, pr- the truly purposeful manage time less and we pay attention more when we're in that place. We notice what's going on. You notice that when we're in Kronos, we don't notice. You know, like we're not able to like give our attention to what's around us. But in, from a place of, of trusting God and Kairos, we notice what's going on and we're awake. Man, that's, that's the way to live. That's the way. It's, it's, it's so fulfilling that when you come to the end of, end of a day and you're like, you know, I think this was how God wanted me to live today. And there was like one conversation. And that, that was it. Like, if that was the only thing that happened today, this was a win. The kingdom advanced. And that's, that's where God wants us to bring us. The days when we know we're right in the middle of God's place. So Sabbath really helps us in that. It helps us bring us into the different, the fuller, the richer life that God intends for us. But we got to realize that getting there it doesn't just happen. Even how, like, I think that part of the, like, fullness that I felt this morning in worship, and I trust that others of you felt, it's because we were engaging in spiritual warfare throughout the week. And when you got people that are engaging in spiritual warfare and you come together, there is a victory. And to, to come into the Sabbath, it, it takes like engaging with spiritual warfare against these gods, against these mindsets, against our culture, and to come to a different place. When Moses was talking about the Sabbath, in, in Deuteronomy 5.15, he said this. This is, this is very insightful. He said, remember that you were slaves in Egypt. You were slaves. You came out of that reality and that mindset of being slaves. And that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Okay? It wasn't because you like were a good you were such a good slave that you slaved your way out of slavery into freedom. You know, no, the better slave you were, you were gonna just get deeper and deeper in slavery. Slaving in each other slavery, but the Lord your God brought you out with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore. The Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. Wow. There's a connection there. That you were slaves. God brought you out. Don't go back. The Sabbath is a way of engaging in spiritual warfare. Engaging in spiritual warfare. And coming out from under those false gods. And that mindset that the enemy wants you to live under. They've been living 365 days. So 365 days a year slaving for Pharaoh. Their identity was as workers. Their value is in what they produced. Sounds kind of like us. It's kind of like, you know, I saw this sign here that a lot of employers would have, something like this. To all employees, new incentive plan, work or get fired. <laughs> so inspiring. I want to work for you. But like, we live with that. Like, we live under that mindset so readily, so natural. We're like, oh, that's, that's where my, I, I got to work or I get fired. But no. We're called to wage war against that mindset, to engage in spiritual, to come out of agreement with that and come into the attitude of freedom and rest that God has for us. Pete Scazzaro says that in Sabbath keeping, we publicly declare to the world that we are a free people. There's something countercultural, a sense of the declaration to the world that, no, I'm, I'm free. You could be too. I love how Chick-fil-A's closed on Sundays. 
And I love how they're kicking butt. And dominating their, their part of the industry. Like, they're doing something the whole world will say, you can't do that. That's like the biggest day of sales. They're like, you know what? No, we're going to honor God. We're going to rest. We're going to give our employees a day off. And they're beating everybody else. They're free from that slavery mentality. And God has that for us too. Okay, so a few practical guidelines just to close with here. Um, this is also from Pete Scazzaro. Some of you know Pete um, and uh, Emotion Healthy Spirituality is one of his books and other books. He's got some great insights about this. He talks about the Sabbath and he, t- he lays out four principles of biblical Sabbath. One is stop. How do we practice the Sabbath? And stop. As, as uh, Vanilla Ice said, stop, collaborate, and listen, right? That was him, right? Yeah, there we go. Yeah, now AJ knows Vanilla Ice. No? All right. Stop. That was my high school. <clears throat> but Sabbath literally, Shabbat, literally means to cease. To desist. So the Sabbath, the Sabbath, Hebrew Shabbat is to desist, to stop what you're doing, to desist, to rest. You know what? It takes, I, so, you know, back to, you know, connecting to the spiritual warfare, that, what, how does this play out? Well, you may have, it's, it's a question like, am I going to, am I, in my job choices, am I going to take a job that doesn't give me a chance to Shabbat? You know, it may take some faith in spiritual warfare to do that. Um, so, but stopping more every day. Um, a good question to ask is, what might you need to stop that relates to your work? Paid or unpaid? What's the thing? Maybe, maybe the thing in you that you're like, oh, I don't know if I can stop doing that. That might be the thing. What, what do you need to stop to really enter into Sabbath. So stop. Next one is rest. You see, these are good things. Rest is nice, right? <clears throat> so Sabbath is all about rest. It's, it's letting ourselves renew, refresh. Let the bow, take the arrow off the, or the uh, string off the bow. Let it, let, it, let it rest. Stop, rest. Third one's really cool, Delight. Delight. Isaiah 58. Look at this. This is really this is really cool. Isaiah 58, 13, and 14. If you keep your feet from breaking the Sabbath and from doing as you please on my holy day, if you call the Sabbath a delight and the Lord's holy day honorable. If you honor it by not going your own way and not doing as you please or speaking idle words, then you will find your joy. Some translations say your delight in the Lord. And I'll cause you to ride and triumph on the heights of the land and to feast on the inheritance of your father Jacob. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. That's the impossible life right there. I'll cause you to rise and triumph on the heights. Man, God's, this will happen if... You delight in the Sabbath. So it's a good question. Like, what, do I, what do I delight in? What activities or places or people 
create rest and delight in you. Maybe some people you need to avoid on the Sabbath. I don't know. <laughs> don't use that to not come to church, all right? But, you know, what, what, what really brings you delight? I, I love to go on a hike on, on the Sabbath. I love to go out to the Kanza or somewhere else and just, like, spend a couple hours, a few hours just out, outside with God. Man, that is awesome for me. Um, I like to hang out with good friends. I like to spend time with my family. Um, but it's saying if you, if you delight in God and in his Sabbath, then he'll make it a delight for you. So it should be a delight. And then the fourth thing, stop, rest, delight, and contemplate. It's a time to think. Time to maybe like turn off the music that we're listening to or maybe turn on the music. But sometimes just to like have some quiet and just like think about God and think about our life and get a little perspective, get some space. Like, God, what are you saying? What's going on in my life? What are you speaking to me? What's, what are some things I need to adjust? Where are you directing me? Um, <clears throat> it's, it's a place to, to pay attention and notice and listen to God's voice and let him direct us. So stop, rest, delight, and contemplate. Just, it's good stuff, huh? Just a few practical things. Um, it's good that it fits your personality. So this isn't to be rigid or, you know, everybody's got to do the same thing. There are things that for you are restful and delightful that for other people are not. Now, I usually, on Monday, I usually exercise. You may be like, that's the last thing I would do. <laughs> but that's, you know, for me, that's, that's a great way to rest and delight and, and find enjoyment. Um, so it's, uh, you know, gardening. So I, I like to garden. You mean like that would be work. But, you know, it depends on th- some things. Are, it's, it's different for different people. Um, it's good to prepare, to set things up the day ahead. The Jews actually had a day of preparation for the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. So if you don't like figure out stuff ahead of time, it's harder to rest because you got to, there's certain just life things that have to be taken care of. So the Jews, like they would prepare their meals. They would get things in order so that they could truly rest on that day. And so it's good for me. You know, it kind of looks like cranking out my to-do list the day before. It's amazing how motivated I can be to like, okay, this is the stuff I haven't gotten done yet. All right, man, let's like knock some stuff off right now because it's, I, that'll make it a lot easier to really enter into stuff on, on the next day. Um, but family time, maybe a hike, a meal, uh, no, maybe no social media, um, time for prayer. These are all things that are really good things to do on the Sabbath. Um, yeah, I want to end with one more quick story, one more, you know, pray for us. But any questions? Like, yeah, <laughs> that might be a good, but yes, pick a day that's not someone else's Sabbath and farm out your kids. Yeah, I mean, that actually is something we would do, was have our kids go to grandparents sometimes. Um, <clears throat> lock, <laughs> lock them in a room for eight hours and no. <laughs> yeah. No, it is. No, it's different. It's different with kids. I think, you know, it's like when you have kids that you're 
reading the Bible is different. You know, like you have to like realize, okay, it's not going to look the same as it used to before I had kids and learning to find rest in some of the like just life stuff that happens and kids need care and attention. But I think doing what you can to in your place, in your heart, get up to a place of peace and that can be contagious for your family. Mm-hmm. Um, I think as they get older, you know, just teaching them, hey, this is a day where we're, we're not doing as much. Maybe mom and dad are going to take a nap and, and watch a show right now. You know, maybe the TV could be your friend. This may be a time to like rely on some good videos more than normal. Um, be, you can be creative. Those are some things um, that we did. Um, yeah, that's a good, good question. Any other questions? He's got one. <laughs> Need some interpretation here. <clears throat> well, it's so true. I there was another story that of when the Oregon Trail was going on and people were going west and, and it was hard to get there and it was dangerous. There was a wagon train and they were behind schedule and winter was coming in and things weren't going well. It had some sickness and some bad weather and they were, they were way behind. And the, the, they had been, they had a discussion about, should we stop on Sunday to rest? And they had a disagreement about it. And half the group said, no, we just can't afford to. Like we have X number of days. We need to get to Oregon. If we stop, we're not going to make it. The other group said, you know what? We're going we're gonna to rest. And the group that didn't rest <clears throat> didn't make it. Their animals needed that rest. They, they didn't make it. They, all, they died. And the group that rested, <clears throat> their animals got rested. They had the energy. And they actually got there. And that's really a picture of like, our promised land. Things, like the promised land that God has for us. Like this is not just like optional. Like that sounds kind of nice for like people with fewer responsibilities than I have. And life is not so demanding as mine. But no, it's like we need this. And to get to our promised land, this is an essential part of what we need in our lives. And so Hebrews 4.3 says that we who have believed enter that rest. We who have believed enter the rest that God has for us. And so we come into this through believing God, through believing in Jesus and the kind of God that he is and the kind of victory that he's won for us and putting our faith in him and entering that rest. Um, so I just want to pray for us. And actually, after I pray, Elizabeth, can you pull up that prayer from, um, you weren't there earlier, right? Were you, okay, I thought it was Emma. But that St. Patrick prayer, well, I think it'd be good for us to pray that all together because um, I think this is really a good centering prayer on coming to Jesus and trusting in him and resting in him. But let me just pray for us and then we'll pray that. Well, let's, let's go ahead and do this first. I think that'll be more natural. <clears throat> all right. And as we do it, let's, let's practice believing in Jesus and entering his rest. Christ with me. Christ with for me. Christ behind me, Christ in me, Christ beneath me, Christ above me, Christ on my right, Christ on my left, Christ when I lie down, 
Christ when I sit down, Christ when I arise, Christ in the heart of every man who thinks of me, Christ in the mouth of everyone who sees of me, Christ in every eye that sees me, Christ in every ear that hears of me. All right, Lord, thank you. Thank you that you are our rest. Thank you that you've made us human beings, not human doings. And Lord, would you even just this morning, just wash through our minds, God. Just wash through our minds the the residue and the gunk and the, the false mentalities, the striving, the fear, the anxiety. The, the results of trying to be God and the results of being under other gods. Lord, I th- thank you that we are not slaves, but your children, your sons and daughters. And would you even, even today, God, let today be a day of experiencing this. Lord, I pray that you would just lead each person here, each of us into this more fully. God, I pray for practical understanding and just a knowing. Okay, that's, what, that's how I need to practice this. These are the decisions I need to make. These are the changes I need to make. And really fully bring the attitude and the practice into our life. Lord, we thank you for this. Help us to be out of that, Lord, even a people that this prayer is true, that Christ in our life, that the world would see, wow, there's something different about them. I want what they got. Lord, we thank you for that and trust you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Okay. Well, good. Good day, good week to be practicing Sabbath. And yeah, those of you making a meal for Sunday dinner tonight, thanks for doing that. That's going to be a big blessing. So excited for the rest of this this spring coming upon us. We're just starting actually. So may it be a good week, good week of resting in God. Um, Again, yeah, if you want prayer for anything, you want to tell anyone, um, what God's doing in your life, it's be a good time to do that. But let's walk this out and be the people God's called us to be. Amen.